The process of buying a vehicle hasn't changed much over the last 30 years until now. Carbiza is the world's first app to harness the power of AI to accurately predict your best financing scenario, all while keeping you anonymous. We'll be chatting with many people who are here to help, to guide you, to make it easier for you to understand. That's what this Carbiza podcast is all about. My name is Bryn Griffiths and joining us is Kevin Wong. It's our job to guide you through the exciting complex world of buying a vehicle. And on today's episode, joining us is the VP of Sales and co-founder of Carbiza, Nick Samaha. You know what? What I'd really like to address with uh, with the folks out there, uh, obviously, when you're purchasing the vehicle, new or near new, there's a certain way uh, that you you, uh, you need to address it and look at it and inspect it. But when you're frankly looking at an older vehicle or a higher mileage vehicle, uh, especially if it's the only thing you can afford, I'd like to give people some advice around what to look for pre-purchase to avoid getting into the scenario where they're going to f- get a lemon and end up uh, breaking the bank trying to get it up and running or keep it running. So where do we jump in right off the top? Well, excellent question. You know what? Uh, everything that you do, uh, how well the vehicle behaves for you is all going to depend on your homework, your research. Once you've done the research, uh, we've discussed it in a previous podcast. Frankly, you're, you're looking at uh, the reliability, recalls, uh, you're checking forms for third-party advice. Then, really, you need to check the uh, vehicle inspection report. That's the first thing you should you actually do. And if you're purchasing a vehicle from a dealer, that's something that they have to provide you, depending on the province. But if it's a private seller and they don't have it available, uh, really take the VIN down and seek that information yourself because that little spend could end up saving you thousands and thousands of dollars and frankly, a significant headache. Okay? You want to make sure you're avoiding a car that's been uh, uh, really written off. It's a rebuilt salvage uh, a, a vehicle that's been flooded, vehicle that's had a significant accident. The thing to note about accidents is that uh, uh, really the accidents stay on the history of the vehicle for life. If in the event that you try and trade in that vehicle and it has an accident that's over $5,000 or two accidents over $7,500, that vehicle isn't financeable. So when you're trying to trade it in, the dealer isn't going to give you very much for it, Mm. right? So there's a lot of things that can impact uh, you uh, not doing the vehicle inspection report. Is that uh, is that vehicle inspection report, Nick, and, and excuse the ignorance, but would that be the same or similar to a Carfax? Yeah, it's it's it used to be called Carproof in Canada. Carproof got bought out by Carfax, and now it's called Carfax Canada. Um, really, there's some significant information in that report, Kevin, but it's not perfect, right? But at least it's uh, it probably gives you 70, 80% of what you need outside of an inspection to decide if you want to take that vehicle to the next level, which would be an inspection. Okay, so you're saying that a Carfax report would be at least a good first step when vetting the the quality and the reliability of a used vehicle. Exactly. Now, okay. within, and I'm not sure if you're aware, Kevin, but within that vehicle history report, there's a service history section. If you just flipped over to that, for example, if you see the vehicle is solid, no accidents, no flood, no salvage title. If you just flip to that section, you can actually, if they've, if they've taken that vehicle to a certified dealer, a lot of the dealers will report those visits. 
whether it's a maintenance visit or frankly, a service, uh, service interval. So you can see how often the vehicle's been to the dealership for service, for maintenance. Uh, sometimes there's even the type of service that was performed uh, as well on the vehicle. Uh, not to mention the odometer reading may be there. So you can see the odometer uh, hierarchy, frankly. Uh, and if it makes sense. So there's a lot of information within that service history report. Really red flags to look at uh, is those recurring repairs, especially when the vehicle was new, which, which basically means potentially could have been a lemon. The manufacturer was trying to right that ship and get that vehicle back on the road. You wanna make sure those headaches aren't gonna pop up for you uh, later. And when it comes to the service intervals, you know, really you're gonna watch out for uh, stuff that is outside of normal wear and tear, for example, powertrain problems, service or uh, suspension problems, maybe engine or transmission problems. Some of that information may be in that vehicle history report as well. If it's a private seller you're getting that from, you can ask them for that service history. And if it's not available, ask them where they get the vehicle service, what shop, what dealership, and actually seek that information from that shop or from that dealership. You've got to do your homework. I think you, you've made that perfectly clear on the previous episode and on this one too, Nick. Oh, exactly. And that's a good basis for your inspection. Okay, because ultimately it's a tiered step. You're going through a process of elimination. Research, Carfax, and now it's going to be your own inspection to make a decision. If you want to spend any money, any more money on the vehicle, getting it inspected by a mechanic or and or body shop, right? It's that process of elimination. Okay. So next step is frankly going to be your inspection. Initially, it's visual. So the stuff that I'm going to talk about here today, Kevin and Bryn, frankly, is, is the uh, type of inspection that a dealer would do. Uh, when they're looking at a vehicle for trading or even when they're at auction, okay? So there's as much as there's significant information here, it's actually quite simple to do, all right? So the first thing you're gonna look at when it comes to the exterior in inspection is the panel, panel gaps. You're looking for dents. You're looking for loose or rusted out panels, frankly, uh, rust, scratch, paint, you know, vehicles that have been driven on the highway, the front end will be pivot. So they may be higher mileage vehicles, but it's only really, you can read the car. It's basically due to the amount of driving they do on the highway. So it may not necessarily be a bad thing, as long as you're not too worried about the cosmetics, right? You're going to check the doors, you're going to check the hood, you're going to check the trunk, you're going to make sure, it, uh, you know, it seals well. Uh, really, there's no water leaking. You're going to, uh, frankly, uh, see if there's any signs of uh, uh, mildew, because uh, that could be an indication of, obviously, water getting in the car. You're going to check the glass. And if you're ultimately worried about the, uh, the body of the vehicle and you think it may have been repaired, uh, really, take a magnet with you. And you can check a lot of the metal components on the vehicle. So a lot of the uh, metal panels uh, to see if, if they've had any fillers on them. But be aware, a lot of the newer vehicles have a lot of fiberglass and aluminum on yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. So just make sure you understand what you're looking at when it comes to that exterior inspection. To simplify the process, because uh, that, that's where my mind goes, is what are some really clear red flags so beyond the inspection, you know, some people may not know how to read that inspection and some things may be subjective, you know, minor fender benders, minor repairs, or maybe inconsistent service history. But what could you say would be the top red flags? If you 
are starting an inspection on a vehicle, you're looking at a vehicle, you know, what would say, nope, I got to walk away from this? The condition of the tires, what you're seeing on the tires. On the tires, what, okay. Yeah, what happens uh, when you check the fluid levels for the engine and transmission, and what happens when you start the vehicle. Those, frankly, four things are a make or break. So the tires, what are you looking at when it comes to tires? Frankly, you want to make sure the wear and tear is even. You wanna make sure there's no bulges in the tires because that could indicate uh, really the steel belts are compromised. You're seeing if they've worn evenly because that's also could be an indication of alignment some, or some other mechanical or front end issues, which can be costly to repair. When it comes to the fluids of the vehicle and you're looking at uh, really the, uh, let's, let's speak specific to the engine, right? If you're looking at the uh, fluid condition of uh, the engine oil, right? You wanna make sure it is brown, it could be dirty and that, that's, that's fine. But as long as it's not uh, uh, jelly-like or as long as it's not really faded because you, don't, you wanna avoid uh, having fluid in your oil because that could be a breach of seals or an engine block crack. Right. So that's kind of one component that you're going to look at. You want to make sure the oil isn't frothy. Right. If it's chocolate color, it may have some um, coolant that have gotten into the engine oil. Again, that's uh, maybe head gasket that's gone or cracked, cracked block. Right. Simply by inspecting the oil, it'll tell you a lot under the cap, under the oil cap. If it's foamy, again, that's also an indication of the same thing. I'm always suspicious when I'm looking at an older vehicle, uh, when I go and check the oil, if the oil has been changed, right? So now I look at the other side of that, which is the uh, radiator fluid. Because again, the radiator fluid also could have had the breach the other way, where now the radiator fluid is brown, it's not green. You can see oil floating in the radiator reservoir, what have you, right? So th there's that's one component when it comes to engine oil. The other one is that when you take the dipstick out, you shine it in the sun, you wanna look for metal flakes on the dipstick because that's also an indication of some significant wear on that engine and potentially an expensive repair, okay? Transmission. It, Sorry, go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say, this is scaring me, uh, and I, I got to think they would scare some <laughs> other people. I, I mean, I, I just want to buy a car. I don't know all of these details, so this is a huge thing. I was going to say, Nick, you sound like a mechanic. This, is, <laughs> this, is, this is a huge thing for me to listen to all this. I'm going, wow, I never thought about that. Wow, I never thought about that. But this is stuff, Nick, that's all got to be taken into consideration. Well, no, absolutely, right? So what you're trying to do here, again, is trying to decide if you want to spend that extra 100 or $200 to get the vehicle inspected. I personally, yeah. even though I know a lot about cars, I would never purchase a used vehicle without having an inspection. And again, if it's been in any kind of accidents, by the way, about 30% of the vehicles on the road have been in some form of accident, whether it's a minor fender bender or a major accident on the highway. Any accident, just have the vehicle inspected by an auto body shop. Those couple of hundred dollars that you're spending will save you thousands. The key is to narrow down the vehicle you want to take to inspection. And that's how you need to think of it when you're looking at a used vehicle. 
You were going to mention a couple of things and then I butt in telling you how scared I was. Yeah, no problem, right? So the other significant component, of course, is the transmission. How expensive can a transmission be to repair? It's quite expensive, okay? Uh, really, again, when it comes to the transmission, you're checking the fluid, the dipstick. You're looking for any metal flakes on that. The color should be red or nearly red. Uh, if it's any different, it could mean that, you know, there's excessive wear and tear. The one thing that you're going to be checking on a transmission is if the fluid smells burnt. If it smells burnt, there's been a lot of overheating. Again, you haven't even started the car at this stage. Yeah. By simply checking these things in the beginning, you know whether you need to spend more time looking at this car or not. Okay. Um, really, you know, on a comical side, it's not really comical. It wasn't for me. But even something as simple as a headlight, cracked headlight on some of the new, newer vehicles. I've got a 2014 Jeep Grand Cherokee. That cracked headlight was over $2,000 to replace. Wow. Right? And there's no way to repair it. Right. Unless, uh, frankly, to find a used one is $1,200. So, again, it's all part of doing your homework and seeing what is it going to take to get the vehicle safety in the event that you're buying it from a private individual? If you're buying a vehicle from a dealership, you should be asking for that uh, safety report. Because again, it's mandated in certain provinces. It's mandated by VSA, uh, Vehicle Sales Authority in BC, AMVIC in Alberta, AMVIC in Ontario. I think something that uh, is a good reminder for our audience today is when you're looking at buying any vehicle, because this is what popped in my mind just now talking about repairs and maintenance, is factor in the cost of maintaining the vehicle. You know, not it's not just the bi-weekly or the, or the monthly payments, but it's the other things as well that add up, especially with, you know, currently in 2022, interest rates are gonna go up, inflation is going up, everything's kind of going up. We gotta factor in those, those other considerations as well. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, right? A vehicle is not a is not an asset. It's a liability, right? So you want to make sure you minimize that liability. You know, let me give you an example. When you're buying an older home, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to look at it visually. You're going to walk around, make sure that you can live in it. Secondly, you're going to see what you notice needs repair. What else are you going to do? After that, you're going to get it inspected. Right. Why wouldn't you do that to the second largest purchase potentially uh, for some people, mm -hmm. right? So do not minimize an inspection on a used car, especially an older used car or a car with higher mileage. It could save you thousands. The other, the other thing I want to point out that's really easy in the event that you missed, a, you missed quite a few things uh, or don't have the time to look at the car as, as deeply as you should is that just make sure you're around when the vehicle is being started. You want to, you want, you want to start the vehicle cold and what you're looking for is, frankly, is the exhaust and what the exhaust looks like, okay? So one of the things that you're going to focus on is the color of the exhaust when it's cold. If once it's started, it's slightly, uh, it's black, but then clears up, that's okay. It's, it's something potentially pretty minor, really easy to fix. But if it, can, if it stays black... Uh, frankly, you're going to be looking at a, a slightly more expensive repair. If it's blue on start or if it's still blue on warm, the car is burning oil. Uh, really, frankly, there's there could be a significant repair there for you as well. If it's uh, 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 a white, really, on startup, that's condensation. Uh, 
But if it stays white, there's been a breach in the engine block. So you've got some fluid in the combustion chamber. And again, that's an expensive repair. So really something as simple, and that may take you five minutes to check the tires, check the fluid and see what happens on startup will give you enough information to decide on whether you want to pursue going uh, further in that, uh, in that whether you want to go through the test drive, right? It takes five minutes to look at these things. I know some people that are very, uh, very hung up on, on what time of the year they actually take a look or take a test drive. You know, some people want to look at vehicles in the month of January, especially in Canada, because that is the worst possible month. It's the coldest. It's the snowiest. Do you do you have any thoughts on that at all, Nick? You know what? Really, when it comes to uh, checking the vehicle out, cold or hot, there's just as much stress on a vehicle when okay. it's hot versus cold. Uh, prime example, batteries uh, tend to get damaged more when they're hot versus when they're cold. Okay. Again, one, one of the things you're going to look at is whether the battery is getting boosted. And you can see the scarring on the lead post, especially if it's a current boost, right? You'll see a fresh yeah. uh, fresh scar on it, right? Uh, when it comes to the battery, really, it's by looking at the top of the battery, you know when the battery was purchased, the life of a battery is three to five years. So, you, you know, you can, uh, if it's being boosted quite a bit and it's the newer battery, Odds are you've got an electrical problem in the car, right? Yeah. So you just got to read the car. The car tells you everything you need to know as long as you pay attention to what you're seeing. Is there anything you can do to keep an eye out for tampering? You know, I've, I've heard of uh, people rolling back odometers on used cars, things like that. Is there anything that a consumer can do to protect themselves from, uh, let's call it shenanigans, uh, trying to sell a car? You know what? Our only resource, frankly, today here uh, in Canada is that Carfax. If there's a odometer registered uh, uh, on that Carfax uh, when they took it in for service, when it sold, when it was uh, registered in that province, what have you. Outside of that, uh, really, it's uh, it's almost buyer beware, and you got to look at the signs. So, prime example an odometer getting rolled back. You get in the car, you look at the gas and you look at the great pedal. They're excessively worn. You look at the steering wheel, it's excessively worn. Yet the car is only showing 40,000 kilometers. Guess what? Odds are the odometer has been rolled back, right? Yeah. And again, you've got to look at the signs. It's, it's look at the obvious. And that's why it's important you take somebody with you. You are emotionally engaged in this transaction you need a car you can't wait to get this car it might be your first car but you're gonna miss these key points now we're gonna have all this information as part of our ebook on carbiza as well as uh frankly an inspection list highlighted with uh when to walk away from the vehicle if it's doing this it's going to be an expensive repair consider walking away versus what's minor and what isn't Okay, but again, keep in mind something as simple as a headlight on a newer vehicle, if it's cracked and not functioning, not due to the light bulb, but due to the headlight itself, right, is $2,000 to replace. So do your homework, see what it's going to cost to get the vehicle safety uh, and, and for you to drive, and then you can make that informed decision. Nick, we're kind of winding things down a little bit here. Is there any hot buttons, anything you want to really touch on before we go? 
No, absolutely, uh, Brent. Just as we touched on on our last podcast, your options in the event that uh, you bought a lemon from the dealer, right? There are some resources out there for us to, frankly, uh, some resources out there to help you in the event that you ended up with a lemon. And that is uh, really the Canadian Motor Vehicle Arbitration in the event that uh, plan, in the event that the vehicle had warranty. But if it doesn't have warranty and you purchased it from the dealer, your second source is going to be your provincial consumer protection uh, laws, as well as the regulatory body for dealership in each province. Again, BC, it's VSA. Their, man, their behavior is mandated by those regulatory body. Alberta, it's AMVIC. Ontario, it's AMVIC. In addition to that, if you're not getting anywhere with any of those, of course, it's small claims court for you. But make sure you get proper legal advice if you have a case, okay? Because, uh, again, you're rolling the dice there. The best way to avoid all of that, and I keep repeating that, is that do your research, do your homework to try and minimize that liability for yourself. Nick, that's great advice. Um, last question for you, because we know that you are – uh, the co-founder and, and VP of, of Carbiza. Uh, how can Carbiza simplify and help a consumer in this process? Really, for us at Carbiza, it's all about being the buyer's companion, right? Uh, automotive buying, uh, remember, right? Most people change out the car once every 17 months. Um, every time you want to go out and buy a vehicle, really, you're, you might as well be your first vehicle. Uh, uh, frankly. So we want to be there for individuals and be the resource to help them not only with vehicle selection, but be transparent and informative when it comes to financing, valuation, uh, hold their hand as much as we can uh, digitally at this stage through information, uh, through podcasts, through blogs, through checklists, just to avoid those pitfalls that you can get into as a consumer when you're buying a vehicle. Worst, last thing I want to see is a consumer get into such a bad negative equity position now they're filing, they're repossessing the vehicle and filing for bankruptcy. That You don't know how often that happens. So we want to be the source, the consumer's buying companion, when it comes to every time they're looking to purchase or sell a vehicle uh, in the future. Well, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed our Carbiza podcast and we hope it helps you in your search. On behalf of Kevin Wong, I'm Bryn Griffiths and thanks for listening.